Praise the Lord. Praise God. I don't see smiles. Not Leslie's smile, but I don't see smiles on your face. We are supposed to rejoice in the presence of God. Because wherever the presence of the Lord is, there is fullness of joy. And we lack that sometimes. We are supposed to be joyful people. People should come and surround us all the time because we are always having that smile like brother Pastor Abraham is just smiling now. Um, while I was preparing for this uh, message, I was asking the Lord, Lord, please confirm it to me. I need a confirmation. I don't want to speak something of my own. Please confirm it. And last uh, Friday, I was with a family and suddenly, a sister used a word. And she said, the little I have, I'm giving it to God. And I said, thank you, Jesus. You have confirmed your word. Amen? And I told the sister, be watchful. Hear this word that you have just spoken. Because God will speak to you through any way. But the most important thing is, are you watchful to hear Him speak? Amen? I've titled today's message as All I have is yours. All that I have. Can I have that on the screen? All that I have is yours. I want you to stretch forth your hands before you at this moment. Just your hands in front of you. And I want you to ask yourself, what is it that you have in your hands at this time? What is it that God has given you? And I want you to tell the Lord, Lord, that which you have given me, I'm today I'm going to give it back to you. I want you to close your eyes and make this as a prayer. Father, everyone who stretched forth his hand and says, and they are having their hands before you. And as they look forward, Lord God, whatever be the situation, Father, we give it back to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. When we learn to give what we have in our hands, we will see how God turns a little into lot. He can take the little that you have and He could multiply it. Amen. I never heard an amen for that. Amen. If you believe it, shout an amen. Because according to your faith, it will be unto you. Amen. We'll turn quickly to Matthew, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, verses 34 to 44. Mark chapter 6, verses 34 to 44. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them, because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the harbor is late. Send them away, that they may go into the surrounding country and villages, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You, have, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five 
and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks, in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed, and broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about five thousand men. One more scripture we will read before we can go into a time of prayer. 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. We will read verses 1 to 7. 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 1 to 7. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets mm. cried out to Elijah saying, mm. Your servant, my husband is dead, mm. and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in, your, in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you've come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Amen. Shall we stand on our feet and take this as a prayer? We'll sing the song, Lord, have your way today. Have your way. In our hearts, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. As we 
and he can multiply it for you in Jesus name. The only miracle that is recorded in the four gospels is what we read just now. In all the four gospels, the miracle of, of feeding the 5,000 is entered there. Jesus never did a miracle to show off. Many of them are pastor stands, or a singer, or whoever, whoever it is. We stand on the pulpit just to show off. But whenever Jesus did a miracle, he always did it for a purpose in order to teach. Not to show who he was, but to teach. And in this miracle, we are going to see four steps that how God turned a little into much when we gave everything that we have and we said, Lord, all this is I have, I give it to you. We are going to see four steps how God does it. When there is a need in your life, number one, you've got to accept responsibilities of what you can, number one, with all that you have, regardless of all the odds. Then, we find that God will start to work in our life. Today, I want to show you the truth. And the evidence is the feeding of the 5,000. The first thing you've got to understand is, we need to give everything to God. Before God can ever do anything for us. The first step is, identify the problem. Identify the problem is the first step. The problem in the situation of what we just read, the verse, it says there was a problem and they were able to see it. And what was the problem? There was a large crowd. Just imagine if today's service, 5,000 people walked in, what would have been the situation here? Pastor Abraham and all the pastoral team will be running, the elders will be running, everyone's running. Why? 5,000 people have come into the church and we don't know from where they came. And that's what happened here. A large crowd. The disciples didn't expect it. But they landed up. If you see, number two, it was a remote place. If it was a city, fine. We can put them up in small hotels. We can call up some place and put them up. But it was a remote place. Third thing, there was nothing to eat. No restaurants nearby. The question is, what are we going to do is the question. And that's the turmoil. If suddenly we are praying for revival, what if 5,000 people land up in Bread of Life next Friday? What will be the situation here? Have you ever thought of it? The reason it's not happening is because we do not believe it. The day we believe it, and the day we ask for it, God will send it forth. Amen? Every miracle that is going to take place in our life begins with a problem. Every miracle that is going to take place always has its root and there is a problem. If you do not have a problem, you do not need a miracle. If you don't have a need, you don't need a miracle. Only when there is a need, there is a door open for a miracle to take place in your life. Amen? Brethren, it might be a physical problem. There is something that is happening back at home. There is a physical problem. Number two, that could be a spiritual problem. Deep within, you have no hunger, no love, no thirst for God. It could be a spiritual problem. It could be a material problem. That you want something, you're not able to have. It is required, you're not able to have it. It could be that. It could be a financial problem. You are planning to buy a house. You are planning to do something. You don't have the means. 
It could be a marital problem, family problems at home. Husband and wives are not getting along very well. It could be that. Do you have a problem this afternoon? Don't put your hands up, please. Do you have a problem? And if you say, yes, Brother Claudie, I do have a problem, there is one. We have good news for you in Jesus' name. You are a candidate for a miracle. Amen? So, second step, we have to understand, we have to identify there is a problem. The second step is accept responsibility for that problem. And that's the biggest problem that everyone has. They do not want to accept responsibility. The moment there's a problem, we shift it to the wife. The wife shifts it to the children. The children shift it to the dog. We like to shift our problems. God wants us to get concerned about the situation before He can do anything for us. He wants you to be concerned. Look at verse 35. Look at verse 35. In this time, it was late in the day and his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place. It's already already late. The first thing that they said, Send them away. It's late. Look, I want you to see, the disciples now got concerned. They said, Look, Jesus, these are people who have come. They are hungry. They are, what are we going to do? They accepted the responsibility. This is a very important question that I want to ask. Who saw the need first? Don't answer. Was it Jesus or was it the disciples? Who saw the need first? Who anticipated that there's going to be a problem? Was it the disciples or was it, was it Jesus? And John's uh, narration of the story, John says in John 6, 6, that Jesus knew in advance. No doubt. He knew that what was going to take place. He knew long before in advance what you're going to go through, even before you even had a clue of what you're, what you're going to face. Brethren, the point is here. Jesus did nothing. I want to shake your theology now. Jesus did nothing about the problem until the disciples got concerned. Remember in the boat, he did nothing till they cried out. He did nothing till they got concerned. When they accepted the responsibility, Jesus began to act. Amen? We, God sees and recognizes our problem much in advance. But He will work a miracle when we first recognize and accept responsibilities. Lord, I have a problem, Lord. And then we are telling God, here it is. But if He works a miracle before that, then we will not, we will say, I don't need Him. Notice that the disciples finally saw the need and they came to Jesus and they said, we have a problem. There were, how many people were there? 5,000 in, the, in that dry place. The Bible says there were about 5,000 men. But actually, if there's a man, there would have been women. If there were women, there would have been children. And they would not have been like us, birth control people. They would have had many. Okay? They would have had many. So we could say there would have been at least about 15,000. Easy. Easy. 15,000 people. Verse 37. Look at verse 37. Look at what the response Jesus gave. Jesus said, but he answered and said, you give them something eat. Can you imagine that? You go to the Lord, somebody calls you for prayer, 
you pray and Jesus says, you give them something. What? Me? That's practically impossible, Lord. Number one, how would you be feeling if God told you to do that? How would you feel? Not only it was practically impossible, it was financially impossible. Two reasons. Practically not, financially not. I like Matthew. Matthew, being a tax collector, was very smart. Look at, look at verse 37. Matthew did a quick cost analysis here. And he says, Lord, it will take eight months of wages. Immediately, eight months of wages. Lord, we cannot afford it. We do not have the money. Financially impossible. Was this figure right? Yes or no? Yes. His figure was 100% right. His calculation, right. 100% right. But his faith was 100% wrong. Figure, 100% right. Eight month wages. Faith, 100% wrong. The point is God often asks us to do something that is impossible. You feed them. Why did Jesus ask this? Have you ever thought of it? Why did Jesus tell them, you feed them? If Jesus had told them, you would have said, Jesus, what's wrong with you? You go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I want 10,000 riyals to build a house. God says, you take it. You get it. You will say, something's wrong there. Why did God ask them to do it? Because it requires faith. To do the impossible requires faith. But it requires more than faith. It requires you to act on faith. Brother, I have faith, but I'm not able to do anything. You have faith, but you need to act on it. There are three common reactions that people have towards problems. We all do that. Three common problems that we have to, reactions that we have to, pro, to problems. And this was the three reactions that the disciples also had towards this impossible situation. Number one, we postpone. When there is a problem, we postponed. Notice in verse 35, what does the Bible say in verse 35? By this time it was late. They had been putting off going to Jesus for a long time. They had been waiting and waiting. And when it came to the end of the day, the last moment, many people, the moment they get sick, first thing they run to the doctor. Second thing they run to another doctor. Third thing, they run to another doctor. When all fails, then they come to Jesus. Didn't we see that in the, in the Bible? The woman who spent all her money and what? She became worse and worse and worse. And then we call her, brother, please pray. My one leg is going in the grave. What did you do before that? And that's what the disciples did. When it was the end of the day, they are running to Christ. The question I have for you. What is the difficult situation that is putting you off at this moment? You have a difficult situation. And why are you tarrying on it so long when you can act on it right now? Pondering over anything does not solve the problem, but makes the problem worse. Brother Leslie can tell you, a medical person, you have a sore in your wound, and you say, I'll keep the sore, I'll wait. And then one day you will not be able to walk. And then you run to the doctor. Postponing until the end of the day, the disciples did. The second one, they passed the buck. 
Many times when there's a problem, we passed it. You notice what managers, I, don't misunderstand me, any general managers here. The moment the general manager has something, he calls the second person. This is an assignment I'm giving you. You know the end of six months you're going to be evaluated. You have to do it. That guy does not know what to do. He catches another guy who's below him. You know that we are going to have evaluation for you. You do it. And from right, last, bottom, fellow will do it. He'll give to the top one. He'll give to the top. And the general manager will go do the presentation. I'm sorry. But this is the truth. It's happening. We pass the buck. And we are very good in passing the buck. Look at verse 36. How the disciples passed the bus very fast. 36 says, send the people away. You see that? Problem arise, send them away. Out of sight, Lord. Out of mind. Out of mind, they are gone. Who knows? Okay? Pretend that it does not exist. Pretend. 5,000 people, not our church. Maybe next church. Well, let us pretend. And they think, let us ignore it. Basically, the disciples were saying, it is not our problem. I didn't ask these people to come to Bread of Life. I didn't ask them. They came on their own, so that's their problem, let them solve it now. It is not our responsibility. Pastor, it's not our responsibility. It's not our business also, these people came. If they are hungry, they can go to the hotels and eat. Easy. We, we do that. One of the biggest excuses that we all make, it's not my business. Very simple answer. And with a stern face, it's not my business. Brethren, if you've got a friend who is wasting his life away, it is your business to pray for him. Amen? You've got a child who is going in a wrong direction. It is your business to pray for your child. If your spouse is making wrong decisions in life, and you're struggling with your spouse, it is your decision to pray. Amen? You know why? Because love covers it all. When he made it his business to come down from heaven, even though it was not his business, he was enjoying fellowship there, but he left everything, and he came down for you and me. Amen? We have to thank God. The third, by first point, do not postpone. Second point, do not pass the buck. The third point, we worry about it. We postpone, we push it away, or we worry too much about it. Look at verse 37. 37. Lord, if we did that, it would cost us eight months of wages. They are saying, are we going to spend eight months of wages? Is bread of life going to spend all the tithes on this? There is a need. Are we going to do that? The disciples' anxiety now went into overdrive. What if? How will we afford to feed so many people? Will we have transportation at the end of the program to take them? How we, who's going to do the cleaning up after, uh, after the outreach program? Who's going to do the cleaning up after the picnic? We come to this and we are start giving excuses. Pastor's already announced for picnic. And we're going to see how many people are going to help. Or we will say, ushers are there, let them take care of it. Easy. Who is going to provide transportation to and fro? They found a way, let them go their own way. That's our attitude. What is, what's funny about all this, Jesus was in their midst, the solution to all these problems, but they failed not to see it. And we sang all these songs, you know. 
He is in our midst. But most of the time, when we worry so much, we fail not to see Him in our situation. Jesus gave them power to cast out demons. They had the power. Jesus gave them power to heal the sick. They seen all that. They seen Him turn water into wine. And at one minute, when the situation rose, when worries took over, they forgot everything about what He did. Don't we do that many times? Worrying is the opposite of faith. It never solves anything. It only makes things worse. And at last we end up in the hospital. I have pressure, doctor. Too much pressure. What, what, what do you doing? I am worrying too much, doctor. You don't understand how, how difficult it is to have children. You don't know how difficult it is to have uh, a boss. You don't know how difficult Pastor Abraham is in the church. We blame everybody. We blame everybody for our circumstances. And what did you do about it? Nothing. So, the question is, the third step is, what do you... You do what you can. You do what you can. You have a problem. The simple most thing, do what you can. Don't do more than that. God waits to see in our situation, do we act on faith or do we act with our muscles? Many of us put, some, put our muscles before we can act on faith. What are we going to do with before God can come into our situation? Look at verse 38. Look at what verse 38 it says. How many loaves do you have? They asked. And the disciples said, we have five loaves and two fish. John, in his account, brings out the hero in the story. John brings out the hero. And the hero of the story is that little boy. John brings it out. And John says, here is the little boy. He had his lunch with him. And he was willing to share it with his master. And I'm sure this, this little boy would have heard his parents tell him time over again. My son, whenever there is a need, give. And when this boy was in a situation... He found it that Jesus was having a need to help the people. For him it was not the people. The disciples would have said, who had lunch? They would have said, oh, he would have thought, this is the one who healed the blind. This is the one who made the lame to walk. This is the one who brought the dead to life. He has a need now. Let me go and give it to him. God has a need to reach out to a man. How many of us are willing to reach out? Praise the Lord. Two people. The moment I said two, two more came up. And if I keep saying, then the whole church will come up. Are we swift to say, Lord, I am ready. Many of us have been blessed in so many ways, but are we blessing somebody else with the blessing that we have received? There are three things we could say about this little boy. I want to, I want to focus upon this little chap so that we will understand how we can do the same way. Three things I want to focus Three things this little boy gave. Number one, the young lad gave what he had. Number one, what he had, he gave. He didn't give what he didn't have. He gave what he had. And the thing that he had is five loaves and two fish. He gave it. What is it that God has given you all along in your life? And you have never invested it in this kingdom. 
All of us have got something that is given. And here is this little boy, whatever was given to him, he is investing it back. Never underestimate what God can do through ordinary people with limited resources. If they had faith. Judges chapter 3 verse 31 talks very beautiful about a man who had just an ox goat in his hand. And we see what God did. Judges 33, 31 says, And after him was Shamga, the son of Anath, who smote of the Philistines 600 men with an ox goad. And he also saved Israel. Look at it. Just an ox goad in a man's hand. And God delivered the nation by him killing 600 people. I asked you this morning, what is it that you have in your hand? And only you have got the answer to it. What is it that you have in your hand that it could be used for the glory of God? God is not looking for ability. Let me tell that to you. He is looking, are you available for him? And what is it that he has put in his hand? It says, he has chosen to use the foolish things of this world to confront the wise. He uses ordinary people like you and me to do extraordinary things. So at the end, the glory goes unto God. There are many in our church, don't misunderstand me, but this is true. There are many in our church who are more intelligent than, that, than I am. There are many who are more talented than I am. There are many who are more able than I am. There are many with very fewer weaknesses than I am. But are not willing to serve God. You have all the talents with you. You have all the ability. You are still young, still able. But you are not willing to serve God. I told God, Lord, I have nothing to offer to you. I only have weaknesses. I did that 23 years ago. All that I have, Lord, is only weaknesses. He says, give that to me. And I will use you for my glory. My brothers and sisters, I want to ask you that same question this afternoon. What is it that you have? That you can tell the Lord, Lord, I have this. Take it. Stop looking at what you don't have. And start looking at what you have. Like that sister said, I have this small thing that I could play an instrument. But I use it for God, my brother. I said, all glory to God, my sister. A small thing. Are you broken today? Are you really broken are you rejected and alone? Rejected by somebody that you love? Are you despised? Are you feeling then you're weak? Then I want to tell you, you are the right candidate for a miracle today. Amen? God wants to demonstrate His power through you and me, my brothers and sisters. This young lad said, God, I'm going to give you what I have. What? I have. I want you to make that as a prayer. Lord, I'm going to give you what I have today. You had it in your hands when you spoke. Number two, the young lad gave God all he had. He gave what he had and he gave all that he had. He gave the five loaves and the two fish. He didn't hold back anything. If you want a miracle in your life, do not hold back anything from God. We hold back many things from God. We say, God, I will give you anything except this relationship. I love this girl of mine. 
I can't give her back to you. Lord, I will give you anything. But I can't give this boyfriend of mine. I can't. You don't understand what it is to fall in love with the opposite sex. You don't know. I'll give you anything. But don't ask me to give up this relationship for you. And God says, but I chose you before you were created. I spoke to your parents before you were even conceived in your mother's womb that I'm calling you. But he said, no, 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 you don't understand this, Lord. You fall in love, then you will know what it is. You'll say, God, I can give you everything except my career. You don't know how much my parents suffered to get me educated and here you call me to serve you. Everything. You take my wife also, but don't give my, take my career away. I will give freely my wife. Even I lay her on the altar for you. I will even take the knife. It's easy and I'm waiting for a long time. I say suffering will be offered today, Lord. Y'all are not going to get food today. Your wife is not going to give you food. She's going to say, you wanted to offer me on the altar? Lord, take everything. But not my money. You don't know what it is to get one real. Maybe calculate one real, 140 rupees Indian money. You don't understand, Lord. Take everything, but not my money. Keep my money for myself. Because you know, I want to go do missionary work and I go back to India. Not now. Tomorrow, you ask. When I get 1,000 real, then you ask, I will give you. Now I got 10 real, don't ask me. We say that. Lord, God, take everything, but not my time. I told you 59 people made, made a difference last evening. They had time. I want to talk to the rest. Did you have time yesterday evening that you were at home enjoying yourself on that bed? And he said, let them pray. I will get the blessing. Bread of life is flourishing. Many anointed men are there. They will pray. I will sit and enjoy and I will eat their fruit. God Take everything, but don't take this hurt of mine. You do not know, I've been hurt by this woman. I've been hurt by my family members. I've been hurt by this man. You do not know. I will not give you that hurt, Lord. I want to hold on to it for some more time. My brothers and sisters, this boy had five loaves and two fish. He didn't say, God, I will give you 10% of it. Take the two pieces of tail for you. Keep the body and the head for me, 5%, uh, 10%, two pieces of tail. He didn't tell God that. He never said. He gave everything. He gave what he had, he gave all he had. Number three, he gave it immediately. He gave it immediately. He didn't hesitate. He didn't ponder. He didn't say, Lord, let me go pray and come about it. Brother, we need you for the ministry. One minute. I'll pray about it. Brother, but the Lord has asked me to tell you this. No problem. I will still pray about it. We say all these things. We, the moment God whispers to you, you tell God himself, I will pray about it and I will come back, Lord. Many of us are putting back what God has called us to do. We only give excuses. Or many of us decide to serve God when the doors are closed. When the doors are open, we are so much engrossed in becoming to do many things. But when doors get closed, then we say, now I will serve God. Why? No door closed. Father, wake up all those who are sleeping, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
I think there are two reasons. There are two reasons. Number one, we are worried that we might end up going hungry if we give what we have. Many people, they get so worried. This boy could have thought, if I give my lunch, what am I going to do on the way back? If I give the only 10 riyal that I have, what am I going to do when I have to send back home? We are going to be worried, how can I live with what I have after giving unto God? We think, what is the use of me just doing something when there is enough within the church? It will make no use. My one drop in the bucket is not going to make any difference. But the, but the widow woman never thought of that. And that woman was noticed by Jesus. Amen? Everything that you do for God will be recorded in Jesus' name. And we see the beautiful example of one man, an ordinary man that God used. And it's recorded for you and for me and for our benefits. Amen? My, my brothers and sisters, I want to ask a question. God has placed in your hands something. You have said it. Are you willing to make a difference today and say, Lord, take it? My fourth step and final step, expect a miracle. Verse 39, the Bible says, Then Jesus directed them all and have all the people sit down in groups of, on the grass. So they sat down in groups of hundred fifties and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. The first thing when you give what you have and what you have in your hand, Number one, God will give thanks to the Father. Here's our child obeying us. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. And he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them. All ate and were satisfied. God specializes in things that are humanly impossible. Everything that is impossible for us, God specializes in that. If you look in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27, the Bible says, Nothing is too hard for, for me. Nothing is too hard for God, the Bible says. Can you tell your neighbor that? Nothing is too hard for God. Wake up that person who is sleeping and say, Nothing is too hard for God. And do you remember what Jesus said? All things are possible to those who believe. Amen. What is it? All things. No matter how big your problem is, God says all things are possible. Are you expecting a miracle today? No answer. You see that? You see? After 50 minutes of message, I rather close it down. I go to a restaurant and eat and be filled. 50 minutes of message. Are you ready for a miracle? I love you. But you say, you never said you love me back. <laughs> You're angry with me. It's okay, I still love you. Matthew 9, 29. According to your faith, it will be done to you. What? According to your faith. My brother, according to your faith is, do you believe God for little? And little you will receive. Do you believe God for more? then more it will be unto you. Amen? Do you believe God for a miracle today? The miracle will be yours today in Jesus' name. Amen? According to your faith. Don't underestimate God. Don't underestimate Him. 
He can do more than what we could even think or imagine. Amen. Verse 43. And the disciples picked up 12 loaves of broken pieces of bread and fish. And the number of men who had eaten are 5,000. Can you imagine this little boy at the end of the day? Many preachers say many things. Maybe at the end of the day, the little boy would have got 12 baskets of bread and he would have gone home. And I was thinking, Lord, what would the little boy have done at the end of the day? If the baskets were given to him, I'm sure if the little boy who gave the five loaves and the two fish, I'm sure he would have even given back the, even the 12 baskets to somebody else. Because he was able to share with the five loaves and two fish. You think he will not share the 12 baskets that he had? That much God will bless you when you learn to give to God. This, in the scripture, whenever we say, Jesus, I don't have much, but what I have today, all I give. And I'll give it right now. I will give it right now. What is the central lesson of today's message? If somebody has asked you to, when you go back home, what was the central message of today's message? You will say, I think the Bible teaches us the truth. What we want God to do for us, He will wait to do through us. Amen? Whatever we think of God to do with us, He will do it through us. Amen? Jesus could have done this miracle without the disciples. Jesus could have done this miracle without the young boy. Jesus could have just rained down manna. He did it in the, in the desert. What is there for this man? He did it for millions. What is there for this 5,000? He could have done it. He could have fed everyone instantly. He, he used the disciples. He used them till they got concerned. He used them till they became responsible. He used the young boy till he came forward. Here is what God is. His ways are man. Everything that God does is through man. The question today is, God has put you in your office. God wants to reach out to those people. His ways are through you and me. Amen? What is it that you have in your hand? Again, I will ask you before we close. What is it that you have in your hand? Think of it for a minute. I want you to bring it to God today. I want us... To do one thing, can we just rise on our feet before we can call the man of God to come forward? We will be singing this song, Lord prepare me a sanctuary. And I want you to think, how long has the Lord is trying to get your attention, but you are not responding to Him? It's a long time that God is trying to get your attention. What is your problem today? That you have been holding on to it for a too long time, but you do not want to give it to the Lord. And you are trying all your ways and thinking that that will work. Are you postponing it? Are you passing it away? Or are you spending time worrying over it? Today as we sing the song and as the man of God comes to minister, we are going to say, Lord, whatever you have given me, I am going to give it back to you. Amen? Lord, prepare me a sanctuary. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, be pure and holy, I am true, I'll be a living 
Oh, 
You can surrender to Him now. Absolute surrender unto Him. Surrender everything unto Him. Every single thing unto Him. Ordinary things become extraordinary when they are given to the Master. Every single thing you have, your training, your treasures, your time, your talent, everything you can surrender the master's feet. And I can tell you, no matter how small it is, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, he that changes times and seasons, he is here. He will be here. He makes ordinary things extraordinary. He is here. You can surrender it all at the master's feet. You can surrender it all at the master's feet and expect a miracle. A miracle in your life. What is it you're holding back? What is it you're holding back? Is it that you cannot give to the master? You can give your all. You can give your all. The widow woman gave her all unto the, the prophet because she was giving to God. Now you can surrender to him. And when you surrender to him, you expect a miracle. Don't hold back at all. Don't dilly-dally. Don't tarry. Don't wait. No, there is no time. There is no time. You can surrender to him now. Now as you surrender to him now, we're going to pray. We're going to ask for the master to touch that ordinary thing. To touch that little thing. David said, I would never give unto my Lord that which does not cost me. It has to cost you. That area in your life that costs you the most. That is where you are going to surrender. That is where you are going to give absolutely, unconditionally unto the Lord. And it's looking out for you, brother. It's looking out for you, sister. That you can walk in the house of the Lord. You can walk in his vineyard. That you, he, he will use you. He does not look at your ability. No, your availability. Are you there for him? Are you there at all times for him? You can surrender even now. Blessed Holy Spirit, we give you praise. Wonderful Father, we give you praise, we give you adoration. Behold the congregation, the Bible says concerning Jesus. He looked at them in verse 34 of that same passage that we read. The Bible says he had compassion on the people because they were as no sheep without shepherds. The Lord is going to have compassion upon you as you surrender unto him now. Blessed Father, we call upon your name. The name is a strong tower. The Bible says the righteous runs into your name and it's safe for him. And this day is our Holy Spirit, Father. We call upon your name, blessed Father. She that says, I have no time, she surrenders her time. She that says, I have no treasure, she surrenders her treasure. He that says, I am so busy, is now at your feet, blessed Father. Just like Mary will come at the feet of the Master and so love him and love his word. Father, I pray that your, your very word and your power move in the life of people, blessed Father. Recreate that area, oh God, where they lack. Oh God, is there a physical need? Blessed Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, move in the life of people now. Touch them in the name of Jesus. Is there a barren need? A barren woman? You've been out there longing out for the master. You can now surrender yourself and even walk in his vineyard. And say, Father, I give all unto you. And let the miracle flow in the name of Jesus. Let it flow in the name of Jesus. Let it flow in the name of Jesus. Blessed Holy Spirit, move in the congregation of your people and let life be changed. Let life be changed. Let there be an eternal change. A change forever. That you will never go back to say in the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God. 
We want to thank you this hour. This is the hour of your treasure. The hour where you bless people. The hour when the heavens open up and bring forth fruits. Bring forth your power and your presence. And close your people, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Blessed Holy Spirit. Your people will never remain the same. They will come to give testimony unto you. Or your beauty, your power, your, 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 your compassion. That you are God and you never, you never change. We give you praise. We give you adoration. Father, we bring before you, Lord. Your servants that are so given his word, your word unto us. And he gave with passion, blessed Father. I pray that this passion will never leave him. I pray that this power will never leave him. I pray that this presence will never leave him. I pray that your position will never leave him. In the name of Jesus, he will speak and heaven shall open, Father. He will speak and we shall see your glory cloud in the name of Jesus. He will speak and the blind shall see. The deaf shall hear. The lame shall rise up and live like a deer. But the name of the Lord shall be glorified in his mouth. In the name of Jesus. Oh, bless your people. Bless them evermore. That your name alone shall be glorified, Father. We know you've answered our prayers, blessed Father. In Jesus' matchless name we pray. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you are traveling, can you raise up your hand? If you are traveling the next week, shall we pray for this one? Mighty and everlasting Father, King of glory, this one's, O oh Lord, we say, Lord, they commit their ways into your hands. Father, because you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. Father, go ahead of them in the name of Jesus. Father, keep them by your power in the name of Jesus. Mighty God, all that they are going for, cause it to turn to testimonies in the name of Jesus. Glory be unto your name, O Lord. Thank you for hearing us, Daddy. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Let's share the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy, all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Go in the glory of the Lord.